Well, it is Thanksgiving, and I'm guessing most of us, if we're here, we must have people coming in this week. And if we're gone, which many of us are, then we must be going somewhere this week. So uh, in Julie and I's case, we have people coming in on Monday. So there will be 10 of us living together happily ever after for five days. <laughs> oh, but it'll be fun, be laughter and joy in that. Uh, AAA tells us this year, this week, 53 million people will be traveling home for the holidays. And if you've been watching the news and if you're flying, uh, get there early because there will be long lines. If you're driving, they say it's going to be crowded, not like it was last year. But 53 million people are going home for the holidays. And when they go home, the holidays are going to be about like they were last year, five years ago, 10 years ago, 20 years ago. The usual suspects always show up. Those who talk and you can just walk away and they just keep talking, that person will be there this year. And the smokers will be there and they'll be outside shaking and dropping butts in your yard or driveway and, and you'll be sweeping those up afterwards. The people that are the, the nutritionists will be telling us what should be eaten in what order. And then the food Nazis will tell us, you're going to eat that. And we're going to say yes. And we got people that will be the quiet ones and they'll be hiding in the corner. We'll have teenagers with earbuds on and game, faces in games and all of that. The, the athletes will be play, watching the football games and telling us all to be quiet while they watch a bunch of people scream while playing football. Uh, the, the exes will be there with their new boyfriends or girlfriends or new husbands and wives, and they might even bring in their sets of parents. So the potential for having eight grandparents at your Thanksgiving dinner is a very real thing today. There'll be people that have big things to say and do and all that. There'll be those that are really weird. And you always tell people stay away from Uncle Joe or Aunt Sally. If something happens, you know, that's a reality in life. And then there's always somebody that has the big announcement. But these days, brace yourself, because we have no idea what the big announcement could possibly be these days. So when it happens, brace yourself and remember Robert said, and you just go, oh, wow, we're happy for you. Maybe you really are. Maybe you're just saying it. But just be calm. That's always there. There's going to be the people that want to go out and throw the football or play basketball or that. And if you're out of shape, deny, just, just don't do it. There's more heart attacks on Thanksgiving Day than any other day of the year because we all want to go out and be stars. You're going to go to your dysfunctional family and think, oh, man, I, I got the worst family out there. Everybody else is like the Hallmark movies. No, the Hallmark movies are bogus. There are. I mean, nobody's just happy and nice and sweet and all of that. Most families have their issues. Jesus went home. Remember last week talked about his rejection and there was a big nationwide holiday and Jesus went home to his brothers. And if you recall, his brothers said, why don't you go to Judea where they're trying to kill you? And they weren't laughing about it. They were dead serious. We don't want you here. You're messing our life up. Why don't you go over there? Jesus's family was a kaleidoscope of life. I love kaleidoscopes. If I say kaleidoscope, how many of you know what I'm talking about? Raise your hand. Okay. It's these little gizmos. This is a small one. I got it in Austin from a guy, a craftsman. But kaleidoscopes are really cool because you look through them. There's all kinds of colors and cut glass there. And as you turn it in the light or different light, you get different views. But it's a really beautiful thing. I want you to think of your family as a kaleidoscope from this day on. 
I don't want you to think of them as dysfunctional. I mean, there's going to be people, the political activists are going to be there pushing their politics. The religious people will be pushing their religion. The atheists will be pushing that. I want you to go into your family this year, Thanksgiving, committed to viewing your family as a kaleidoscope, not trying to change them, not trying to fix them, not trying to make them this or that or stop this or that. Think about it. You've been doing that for 5, 10, 15, 20 years, and has it happened? Nah. And it's not going to happen this year. Thanksgiving ought to be a day where we, like Jesus, learn to look at our families as kaleidoscopes, not judging them, not condemning them. When his brother said, why don't you go where they're trying to kill you? He just said, well, you guys can do whatever you want. The world doesn't criticize you. It criticizes me. But he didn't bash them. He didn't argue with them. He didn't fight them. Jesus's family had their issues. There was a time when they thought he was crazy. And his mother, Mary, the mother of God, knocked on the door and said, he's lost his mind. Tell him, you know, we need to take him away for a while. His hand-chosen 12 disciples, about as dysfunctional or kaleidoscope a group as you could get. There was a political zealots there. There were fishermen. There were some, uh, some activists. There were some silent people. There were some self-righteous. And they all followed Jesus. And then his next group of friends, that crowd was interesting. They were ex-prostitutes, demon-possessed people, all people with issues and problems, lepers that had been healed. So his world was truly a kaleidoscope. Now, for those of you that love intelligence, kaleidoscope comes from three Greek words. Kalos, which means beautiful. Eidos, which means form or shape, and skopio, which means to look at. I know you haven't said any Greek things this week, so repeat after me. Kalos. Kalos. Beautiful. Eidos. Form or shape. Skopio. To look at. Kaleidoscope is the observation of beautiful things. You look in this, when I got my first one when I was a little preschooler, and back then they didn't have phones and all of that, and I opened my present and I didn't know what it was, it was just a long cardboard tube with a little thing that turned on it. My mom said, look through it. Of course, like an idiot, I looked through the wrong side. You know, no son, <laughs> the other way, oh, okay, <laughs> sorry. <laughs> oh, wow, I turn it, you know, you turn it and all those things are jumping around. And it, it wasn't like, you know, a, you know, you know, toys or things like that. But I kept it because I just, for whatever reason, just love looking through it in the light and watching it change. Always have, still like them today. Think of your family as that kaleidoscope. There are all those little cuts and images. Each one of your family members is like one of the pieces of glass inside of a kaleidoscope. No two are the same. They come in all shapes and sizes and colors and philosophies and thoughts and life experiences. And at Thanksgiving, we all come together for this magical sociological experiment to see if we can survive the whole day without killing each other. And by the time nightfall, we did it. Nobody died. Nobody burned the house down. No fights in the backyard. It was a successful Christmas. You say, all right, how do I treat my family like a kaleidoscope? This I want you to write down. Colossians chapter 3, verses 12 through 15. When Jesus tells us how to live and how to act, he was God on earth. And what he lived, he's telling us through Colossians exactly how that looks. And when you go to your family this Thursday or Wednesday or whenever you get there, you just walk in and say, Lord, let me be a kaleidoscope today. See my family as beautiful objects brought together and help me to treat them the way you say. Here's what it says in verse 12, Colossians 3:12. Since God chose you to be the holy people he loves, you must clothe yourselves with tender-hearted mercy, kindness, humility, gentleness, and patience. 
Not once does he say, clothe yourselves with self-righteousness, judgmental attitude, critical spirit, and all the other things. He said, clothe yourselves with mercy, kindness, tenderheartedness, humility, gentleness, and patience, because I have chosen you. If you're saved, say, I'm saved. All right, this is the way we live. Verse 13, make allowance. Oh, I love this. This verse is so applicable to so many things. Make allowance for each other's faults. Repeat after me. Make allowance for each other's faults. That works wonderfully well in marriage, in raising kids, in being around friends or roommates or anything else. Make allowance for each other's faults and forgive anyone who offends you. Remember, the Lord forgave you, so you must forgive others. Don't know what they've done to you or what you're carrying in your baggage, but remember the Lord's prayer, forgive me of my sins as I forgive those who sin against me. Verse 14, above all, clothe yourselves with love, which binds us all together in perfect harmony, and let the peace that comes from Christ rule in your hearts. For as members of one body, you are called to live in what? Uh, called to live in peace. And above all, be what? Thankful, just like the Thanksgiving week. What God is telling you as you go to your people or your friends or your whatever it is, when you see your ex and you're picking up or dropping off kids or whatever that looks like, I want you to go to that awkward moment that you're really kind of dreading and walk into it this time saying, Lord, give me that peace that comes only from you. Give me eyes to see my family as a kaleidoscope, not as dysfunction, not as failure, not as frustrations, not as disappointments, but as a kaleidoscope of love and life. How does that look? It means when you're with people, you become the, the, the person that is non-judgmental. You walk into the room and you find the person who's getting picked on. Is there usually a person in your family that gets teased and picked on above others? If so, say I. I'm not hearing that. Yes, or raise your hand. I'm not saying it's you, but you have that person, you know, you know, that everybody, and they're just fun to pick on. You just think, oh, but they can take it so well. No, it hurts them as much as it hurts you. So this year, you look around and say, Lord, show me that one getting picked on because of the way he or she did this or that, or didn't do this or that, or burnt this or that, or overcooked or whatever. And you go to them and you become the hero. You become Jesus in their life. And you jump to the defense of the whoever it is, child, teenager, adult, and say, you know what? They are awesome. They've done this or that. You be the one that instead of being asked to go into the kitchen to clean up, you become the hero of the kitchen. Let me repeat. I'm going to be the hero of the kitchen. Not the cook, but the cleanup crew. How about that? You go, oh, I wish I shouldn't have come to church today. I wish we were traveling. No, be the cleanup crew. If somebody else did the cooking, you owe it to them and to yourselves and to the Lord to do the cleanup. In the Bible, it says, as a man wipes a dish and turns it over, so the judgment of God will come upon Israel. I love that. It's the best verse in the world for a wife with a husband that won't wash the dishes. Honey, you need to be biblical. The Bible says, as a man washes the dishes and turns it over. Go in the kitchen, clean it up, set it up, be that person. If the children are there, be the grown-up that sits at the kid's table when everybody says, no, come over here. He said, no, it's more fun over here. When the kids are wanting to play or do their stuff for you, they're always there and running around. You give them your undivided attention. Find the one who is quiet. Go over to him and listen to him. Say, hey, you've been mighty quiet. Find the one that has peculiar interests and life and choices and all of that and say, you know, you've made some interesting choices in life. Would you tell me how you came about those and be the one who listens? When somebody is sad, be the one that cheers them up. When somebody is doing something, be the one that goes over and helps. And don't say, can I help? Because the answer is always no. 
and just go over and say, let me help. I'm helping. No, 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 no. I got it. That's what a kaleidoscope family is. You don't look at it in darkness. You look at it in love. You look at it in Christ-likeness, and you realize there are such a variety of people in this house, in this family, in this life. Lord, I love them all. I love First Thessalonians uh, was, uh, chapter 3, verse 12. It says, Lord, let our love grow more and more for one another. And that's to Christians. And then it says, let our love grow more and more for all people. Did you catch that? First Thessalonians 3.12. Let our love grow for one another as Christians. But then it says, let it grow for all people. So who are the alls? The alls are the kaleidoscopes. It's all those people that make up who we are and the successes and failures and that. And it says, Lord, fill me with love for all those people. Try love and acceptance this year. Let me hear you say love and acceptance. That's so much better than judgmental and criticism. Love and acceptance, not judgmental and criticism. Do this, and I promise you, your Thanksgiving will be a lot better, and other people's Thanksgivings will be better as well. If Jesus can do it, we can do it too. What he did, we did. As I said, his family, his friends, his loose circuit, he had a wide variety. There was nothing homogenous about the people Jesus chose to grow up with or the people he chose to be disciples or the people that hung around. They were everything, all walks and talks of life, all ages and stages. A kaleidoscope is seeing beautiful things through a triangle of mirrors, a triangle of mirrors in the light. A kaleidoscope is seeing beautiful things through a triangle of mirrors in the light. Christianity is seeing beautiful people in the Trinity of God through the light of Jesus Christ. If you don't have Jesus, it's like looking at a kaleidoscope with your finger over it. You can't see a thing. It's black and it's dark. But when Christ comes into your life, your world opens up and it's a beautiful thing. Uh, Ryan, you got that kaleidoscope video uh, sit back and relax for about seven minutes, seven, not minutes, uh, seven seconds, 10 seconds. And we can show this. This will be online, right? So this, yeah, this is legal. So we can show you this. Look at that. And s s sit back and enjoy. Do you have any pretty music to go with it? That's it. One more time. One more time. The people online say, what, 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 what I miss? So here it is. That's a kaleidoscope. Beautiful shapes and colors in the light. Christianity is looking at the beautiful shapes of people. Are you saying, whoa? Yes. Am, I, am I getting an amen, a thank you? A, all right, clap. Give it up for the Lord. Say, whoa, that was really good. Woo. <laughs> be a kaleidoscope. Don't be self-righteous. Don't be judgmental. Don't be holier than thou. Don't look down your eyes on anybody. Trust love and acceptance this year. And I promise you, love and acceptance will get you a lot further along than criticism and judgment. And it brings more glory to Jesus Christ. Can you imagine those of you that have been the judgmental, self-righteous ones for all these years and everybody that's coming to Thanksgiving is dreading you? Me, yeah, you, you're the self-righteous ones. Imagine when they show up and you're the servant, you're the one loving everybody, you're not preaching, you're not convicting, you're not trying to do that. They're going to walk away. What happened to them? They got the light of Jesus and they learned that we're kaleidoscopes. All these colorful people make up this beautiful thing that we call love and family. Now, my worship for you this, today is something uh, unique. I got it, uh, I guess, about three or four months ago. 
I wish I could say I discovered it, but I think I was uh, number 5,462 that happened to watch it. This guy named David Wesley, and uh, I'm going to play it for you live here. Those of you online, this is about where I say goodbye, but here's what I want you to do. The last seven minutes of this service, I want you to YouTube uh, the evolution of worship or evolution of worship music, David Wesley. Evolution of worship. Do we have that on the line, Ryan, or any click or something? Yeah, we'll put it on there in the message. But anyway, you can just, when you turn me off, go to YouTube and just put Evolution of Worship and by David Wesley and just sit back, crank up your music or your earbuds and let it all soak in and enjoy it. 